and we're looking at the last psalm here about psalms of thanks. And how many of you had a great Thanksgiving? How many of you had turkey? How many of you had Chinese? <laughs> yeah. I, sometimes those things happen. I know. Turkey gets burnt. You got to go to Chinese restaurant. It's fine. It's okay. There's no shame. No shame in that whatsoever. Uh, but I hope you did have a good time uh, with that. And, you know, as we've been looking at these uh, Psalms of Thanks, I hope this has maybe stirred some things in your heart and your mind. Um, you know, we've already looked at being thankful for his enduring love. Uh, we looked at being thankful that we can have hope in God. That's what Psalm 42 said. And then uh, last week we looked about being thankful because the Lord is our shepherd. He's the one that shepherds us. He's the one that leads us and directs our lives. And today we're going to look at this Psalm 100. This is a very uh, familiar psalm. Uh, most of us have either memorized it or maybe even sang the song that's been associated with it. But I think that as we look at this, uh, this psalm here, it, it's a psalm of thanksgiving. And it's throughout the whole psalm, through verses 1 through 5, it, it does not cease to praise God. I mean, every single verse of it is praising God from the beginning to the end. It's just rejoicing in what God does. And it's, it's overflowing with grateful praise is what this psalm uh, is talking about. And I believe that this psalm probably was sung in the temple um, during festive times because it talks about entering his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And I believe they used this psalm. They probably sang it very often. They sang a lot of it. Um, but whatever the case was, this was a psalm of thanksgiving. And if, if you look in your Bible there, it probably has the, the title there. In mine, it says, a psalm for giving thanks. Or sometimes it may say, a psalm of thanksgiving. Or a psalm of praise. Whatever the case may be. But this was a psalm that was used for giving thanks. This was a psalm that was used to give praise to the Lord. I remember uh, when I was uh, in college. No, it wasn't college. It was, uh, I think I was... It was maybe a few years back, um, but I was traveling on my way back home, uh, back to, um, oh, wow, look at that. You're reading all my notes. Look at that. Isn't that great? Um, but I was, <laughs> give thanks to the Lord, right? Um, but as I was traveling um, back, let's see if it uh, picks it up here. Oh, maybe, I don't know. Um, as I was traveling back, um, I was in the airport. And I was sitting at a, uh, in a cafe area, and I was eating um, lunch or dinner, whatever the case may be. And all of a sudden, I hear this commotion going on down the hallways of the airport, the gates and stuff. And there's people, they're screaming. There's people that are, that are like yelling and all this kind of stuff. And these people are running, and I'm going, what in the world is going on? Then I see phones coming out, people taking pictures, yelling this person's name, all this. And I'm going, what is going on? Well, little did I know it, there was a, some guy who's a famous rap artist or something that happened to be in the airport that was making a connecting flight going somewhere. Somebody recognized him. And then all before you know it, there's this huge crowd of people just wanting to be in this man's presence. Just wanting to be there to maybe get a picture with him, to get a selfie with him. I don't know what it was, but they wanted to be near him. And of course, he had to make his connecting flight. So he's going, okay, only one more, one more. Okay, one more. You know, and he's moving, 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 trying to get to his gate. 
You know, I think about that, that we as people, when we hear about somebody famous or when we hear maybe some political person is going to be in town or something, we, we may try to get in their area, try to get in their presence, just wanting to see them. And I think as we look here at this psalm, this is a psalm talking about being in the very presence of God, entering into his courts with thanksgiving, entering into his courts with praise, as what the Bible here talks about. And you know, when we think about that, um, this morning we have an audience with the king. We have an audience with the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the God that we worship. We have a direct audience with him. And if we are going to worship him, we must do it with grateful praise is what Psalm 100 teaches us here. And it tells us exactly how we are to do that with grateful praise. So let's look at a few things here. And is that back up there? No, not yet. Let's see if it pops up. No. Let's try it again. Well, let's look at a few things here is what uh, Psalm 100 teaches us about giving grateful praise to the Lord. So first of all, number one, shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord. Look what the scripture teaches us here. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. You know, there are over a hundred passages in scripture that tell us to praise God and tell us what to praise God for. Um, here's just a few of them. Psalm 98, 4 says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Psalm 95, 1 says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Psalm 150, verse number 6, or excuse me, verses 1 through 6 says, Praise the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary, praise Him in His mighty heavens, praise Him for His mighty deeds, praise Him according to His excellent greatness, praise Him with trumpet sound, praise Him with lute and harp, praise Him with tambourine and dance, praise Him with strings and pipe, praise Him with sounding cymbals, praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Jesse, by the way, my we need to get a loot up here for the uh, worship team. But the idea here is that we are supposed to be praising God constantly, praising Him for what He's done. And here in Psalm 150, it talks about praising God with a variety of different instruments. In 1 Chronicles 15, 16, it says, David also commanded the chiefs of the Levites to appoint their brothers as the singers who should play loudly on musical instruments, on harps and lyres and cymbals to raise sounds of joy. Revelation 19, 6 through 8 tells us, it says, Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude... Like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty pearls of thunder crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And Philippians 4.4 4 is a constant reminder to us that says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. So here Psalm 100 is a command for us. And what's that command? To make a joyful noise to the Lord. And it notices it says to all the earth. All of the earth is supposed to be making that. You know, when you think about that word, making a joyful noise, it literally means to be shouting to the Lord. 
to be shouting, shouting to the Lord and making that shout to the Lord, making him know that you are rejoicing because of what he has done and you're giving him praise. You're shouting to him. It means to give a blast as on a trumpet. You know, when we think of uh, maybe back in the days when they had the, the kings and the queens and stuff and, you know, the guy would be like, you know. He'd be making that, that shout for the trumpet. Here comes the king. And you're shouting to the Lord as like a blast from a trumpet. You see, since we don't see royalty very often in our culture, it'd be like shouting to a celebrity, just kind of like how those people were in the airport. And they were shouting. They're trying to get his attention. They're saying, look, look, over here. Look over here. I want to see you. I want to stand in your presence. I want to be near you. I want to take a picture with you. And they were shouting so that they could get his attention. And so the Bible here tells us, it commands us to make a joyful noise, to shout to the Lord. You see, when we come to worship our, when we come here to worship, our agenda is to meet God. That's it. If you are here for any other reason than to meet God, you're in the wrong place. That's why we come here. That's why we meet together. Because we are here to have a presence meeting with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're here to worship Him. We're here to have an audience with Him. We're here to shout to the Lord to be in His presence. You see, we raise our voices to get His attention And as we walk down the path to worship God, we simply cannot be quiet. We are not raising our voices to draw attention to ourselves, but rather we shout for joy because the Lord is among us. So we are to shout to the Lord. Look at this second thing here. It says, serve and sing to the Lord and serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. So we are to serve and sing to the Lord. You know, in Scripture, the word serve is used in many different ways. And one way it's used is is an overall sense, but also it's used in a narrow sense in a specific way. And the psalmist here is using in that way, he's saying specifically, we are to serve the Lord. He speaks of a specific and personal activity for God. And what is that? It's to be praising God. Through what? Through service. We praise the Lord through service towards Him. We glorify God by ascribing to Him the honor and the adoration that is due only and only to Him. Because we are serving the Lord from our heart. We are serving the Lord with service. We are serving the Lord because He is worthy of our service. You see, our service and our singing is directed towards Him because He is God. Look what it says. Serve who? The Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Have you ever asked yourself, what really is worship in this specific sense of praise and adoration? You see, God is trying to do something in your heart through thankfulness. He's trying to get you to a place where your thankfulness is an overflowing joy, an overflowing love for who God is. You see, when, we're, when we talk about being thankful, we can say, I'm thankful for my car, I'm thankful for my house, I'm thankful for my family, I'm thankful for my job, I'm thankful for my kids. I'm, 
We can talk about being thankful all we want. But where does that gratitude really come from? It comes from an overflowing heart of joy because you know who the Lord is. So that's what God is trying to do. He wants us to be astonished at who he is. He wants us to come into his presence with singing, with shouting, to be thankful. So does my thankfulness reflect that? Does my thankfulness reflect me actually being astonished and amazed of who God is? More specifically, in our gladness and praise, we are to sing to the Lord. Look what he says. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Now you see how that's changed? It came from shouting to the Lord to now what? To singing to the Lord. Because you are so amazed at who God is and you're shouting, you're you're saying, God, I want to be in your presence. Now that, that shouting has now turned into singing. Where it's that joy that comes from deep within your heart. It's through our singing that we approach God. Did you know there are over 575 references to praise in God's word? And did you know at the very center of that is the whole book of Psalms? It's our hymnal of praise. It talks about singing unto the Lord. So from the beginning, from the very beginning, music has been a part of God's way of that we praise him, of the way that we show thankfulness to him. All the way from Genesis, all the way through Revelation, we are to be singing and praising to the Lord. And so when we give grateful praise music, it is at the heart of our thankfulness. See, the problem that we so often run into is that music can be helpful to a thankful heart. But it's not just the music is what makes us thankful. It's being in the presence of God is what makes us thankful. And so when we are dwelling in his presence, we're living in his presence. He is doing something. He's transforming our heart. He's changing our heart. And as we learn more about who he is, our heart begins to express joy. It begins to express thankfulness. And all of that turns into singing to the Lord. You see, singing good praise music will not make you a thankful person. Just like living in a garage won't make you a car. It doesn't happen. It has to start with being in the presence of God. That's where it begins. Let's look at a third thing here. Look what he says. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So thirdly, if we are going to be giving grateful praise, we need to know God. You see, you can definitely see how this verse brings this psalm to a climax. I mean, here he is. He's, he's talking about us shouting to the Lord, getting his attention. And then we are singing his praises. We're serving him. And this climax comes to this, and it says, Know that the Lord, He is God. And it is He who made us. And we are His, and we are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. You see, here we acknowledge that Jesus is our Savior, and submit to Him as Lord. Now, why does the psalmist say, Know that the Lord, He is God? Why, does he, why doesn't he just say, you need to know God, or you need to know the Lord? Why does he use those two separate names there? 
Well, see, it is in these names that God wants us to know him. And to know him in a greater way. To know him in a better way. To know that who he is and what he's trying to do in our life. You see, if we look at this, he talks about knowing the Lord. It's in all caps, Yahweh. And then he talks about knowing God. And so God wants us to give him grateful praise based upon who he is. You see, if you look in these verses here so far, you've seen gladness, you've seen joyness, you've seen singing, you've seen thanking, you've seen praising. But verse 3 here adds a different dynamic to it. Look what it does. It says it shows us his love for us. And that's why we are to know God. Because it says, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. That is just showing love from God. God made you. That's love. God owns you. That's love. God shepherds you. That's love. And so all of this comes to a climax for us to know God because he is showing us his love. Look at verse number three there, but look at the last phrase. It says, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You see, the we there is the people of God and God is the good shepherd of his flock. Just as we looked at last week in Psalm 32, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Remember, he's leading me beside still waters. He's leading me to greener pastures. He leads me with his rod and his staff. They comfort me. All of this, the Lord is the one who is leading and directing us. You see, these are the people who are praising their faithful covenant God. These are the people giving shout and giving service and singing to the Lord. Why? Because he's shown them his love towards them. He's shown them care towards them. See, these are the people who have trusted God and surrendered to him as his servants and submissive sheep. When you know your covenant-keeping Lord is the absolute God, that's why he says, know that the Lord, he is God. When you know that the Lord is the one who keeps his covenant, keeps his promises, when you know that, when you know that no matter what happens in your life, you know that when all of your life seems to be falling apart, but yet God still loves you, and you know that, it transforms your heart. Into thankfulness for him. You see it's his goodness. It's his loving kindness. Which is free. And undeserved covenant. Making merciful God towards us. That we are to direct our shout. We are to direct our song. We are to direct our service towards him. But the psalmist writes specifically how we can know God. Look what he says here. There's three things. He says that the Lord is God. And then he says that he made us. We did not make ourselves. Nobody in here made themselves. I'm sorry, it doesn't happen. You're not your own God. God is the one that made us. And that we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. In other words, since he made us, we belong to him. We are not our own. And the way he relates to us as a shepherd relates to his sheep. He provides for us. He leads us to greener pastures, to stiller waters. He provides protection from us, from the wolves and the dangers that are out there. 
You see, we know a lot more about this shepherd now, don't we? You see, David here, as he was writing, and he's, he's talking about this rejoicing unto the Lord and, and giving song and giving praise to him. You see, David did not see Christ, but we have. We've experienced the transforming reality of salvation through Christ. We have the New Testament. David didn't have the New Testament. And so we have seen that. We have seen the fact of Jesus dying on the cross and giving himself for us, being that good shepherd that he said that he was, laying down his life for the sheep. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, Great indeed... We confess is the mystery of godliness. He, speaking of Jesus, was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. You see, because of the cross of Christ, we know even more surely that we are not our own. Because what does 1 Corinthians teach us? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, you are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. You see, the amazing and wonderful thing is that the good, the good news of it is that when we learned of Christ and we became a follower of Jesus, that should now be producing that overflowing joy and love in our heart and praise, shouting, and singing. To the Lord. Why? Because we know him. So see really the the thing is in our lives. I believe the reason why we don't give joy. The reason why we don't give praise. The reason why we don't. Why we aren't thankful. Overflowing with grateful praise in our life. Is because we don't know God the way that we should know him. Meaning the fact that we don't spend time with him. Meaning the time that we're not in his presence. You know, I think of all those people that were at that airport there. They were shouting to that guy. He didn't know them. All that they knew about that man was what maybe he sung about. Maybe what they followed him on, on whether it be Facebook or Twitter or whatever. That's all they knew about him. But we have the opportunity to be intimate with God, to have that opportunity to spend that time with him. And as we spend that time with him, we get to know him even in a greater way. And it's he who made us and that we are his and that we are his people and that we are the sheep of his pasture. Therefore, that's the reason why the psalmist says, shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before him with joyful singing. You see, it is a happy thing to be made and to be bought and to be owned and to be shepherded by God himself because he owns us. And this is what produces grateful praise in our hearts to the Lord. Now let's look here at verse number four. Look what he says here. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Now, as we look at these last two verses here, verse 4 is the result of the previous verses. Because 
How do you get to the place where you're, you're just bursting into the gates with thanksgiving? How do you get to the place where you're into his courts with praise? It all started because you were back over here because you were trying and you were shouting to the Lord because you wanted to be into his presence. And it's where it starts. He's saying, I want to be in God's presence. I want, to, I want to dwell with him. I want to be with him. I have this desire in my heart to want to be and know God. To be with him. To know him in a greater way. And God begins to transform our hearts. God begins to, to show us more and more about him. And then before you know it, we're in his presence and we're bursting forth with thanksgiving. And we're shouting with praise of what the Lord has done. In our hearts. But then we come here to this last verse. And how we come to a place where we offer up grateful praise. Look what it says here. Know God. (laughs) It's worth repeating that. To know God. He says, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. You see, we learn these other three things about God. What are they? That the Lord is good. That his loving kindness is everlasting. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness endures to all generations. You see, in the previous verse, verse number 3, we learned about God's authority. That he owns us. That he is the shepherd. That he is the one that bought us. We learn about that. But here in verse number 4, we learn about the fact that why he did that. Why did God do that? Why did he buy us? Why does he own us? Because he is good. Because of his steadfast love that endures forever. And that all of his faithfulness will last for all generations forever. You see, if they rejoiced and thanked and praised and blessed the Lord for his goodness and love and faithfulness in those days, how much more now? Should we be praising the Lord and thanking the Lord for his faithfulness and goodness and his love towards us? Do you remember where you were before you knew Christ? Do you remember that horrible pit that God picked you up out of and set you on a rock and established your goings and set a new song in your heart? Even what? Praise to the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so we now have this grateful praise because why? Because of what he did. Because he is good. Because his steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. In Romans 5, verses 6 through 8 says, While we were still helpless... At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man. Though perhaps for the good man, some would even dare to die. But God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were yet good, loving, helpful, gracious people, thankful people. No. Sinners. Christ died for us. You see, God is good. God is loving. God is faithful. And he will be this forever. For 10,000 years plus, 
when we're standing in the presence of God, we will still sing about His faithfulness. We will still sing about His goodness. We will still sing about His love and His mercy. And it will never end. Is that in your heart? Is that the desire of your heart to give grateful praise to God for what He has done? Look at verse number 4 here, the previous verse. There's one small word there that I think needs to be brought out. And it's the word bless. It says, give thanks to Him, bless His name. You see, at the root of our grateful praise is for us to worship God. And as we are entering his gates and his courts, the psalmist tells us that we are to bless his name. The word bless literally basically means to kneel. And we think about that kneeling before somebody, talking about the fact of giving worship towards somebody. And so as we enter into his courts with praise and we enter into his gates with thanksgiving, we are literally to be kneeling before the presence of God. We are to be kneeling in his presence, desiring his presence, kneeling before him because we desire to worship him as king of kings and lord of lords. You see, everything, and what does it say? We are to bless what? His name. Everything about who God is is revealed through his names. Everything. We just did like a 15-week study on the names of God and how God reveals who he is and who his character is and what he does based upon his names. And when you think about the name of God, it's not just something that we use so flippantly. We are to bless his name. Literally kneel before him. Come before him in his presence and worship him. You see that name that he talks about in verse number 3, talking about all of his authority. And then in verse number 5, talking about why he is, why he has that authority. All comes down to the fact of who he is based upon his name. And so when we begin to grasp the greatness and the holiness and the wisdom and the goodness and the loving kindness and the truthfulness of who God is, the presence of God is revealed to us. And we are in his gates and in his courts and we are in his presence. So what about you? What about me? Have I been giving grateful praise or ungrateful grumblings? Do you worship God in his presence because your heart is filled with grateful praise? The Lord wants us to get to that point. Why? Because he wants us to have our joy and satisfaction in him and him alone. Black Friday is such an interesting time because everybody is buying so much stuff. How many of you went, took your life into your own hands on Black Friday? Okay, if, Richard, wow, okay, wow, that's, that's interesting. He went to Menard and didn't get anything from me. We'll pray for you. 
But you know, you, you think about all those people that are trying to find joy and satisfaction. I'm not saying you shouldn't go out and get things for people or give gifts. I'm not saying that, okay? What I'm saying is that so many times we try to find joy and satisfaction in other things other than God himself. And God wants us to bring us to a place where our joy and satisfaction only come from him and him alone. And how does that happen? By being in his presence. By having a heart with thankful praise towards him. That's how that happens. By knowing God. Knowing him in a greater way. How do we get to know God? It's through his word. And the more that we spend time in his word and we worship him, and we love him, and we get to know him, we meditate on him, he reveals himself to us. And that's the presence that we dwell in. That's the presence that we live in. We live in his presence. I think about those people that were there at the airport, shouting, 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 just trying to get that guy's attention because they wanted a picture with him. Because they wanted to be able to post it on Facebook. Look who I'm with. Yeah. We have this awesome opportunity to be in the presence of God and find our joy and satisfaction in him. Is that your heart's desire? Is that my heart's desire?